Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. How many need something from God tonight? I know I do. You know, if I was being honest, like the year didn't start the way I wanted it to start. And the year didn't end the way I wanted it to end. And so I just know that if I'm wrestling with something and I have the honor to be up here and speak to you, then I just go after the thing that the enemy's trying to discourage me in. So I wanna go after a couple things because we started the year looking at Rachel's mom in the hospital and now we're ending the year with Rachel's mom in the hospital. And I started the year looking at a health report they were saying there was something wrong with me, and now I'm in the end of the year looking at a health report saying there's something wrong with me, and I'm, and I'm looking at my bank account, and I'm like, you know what? I will not let circumstance dictate my praise or my faith. So I just, I just know to go after those things. So the first thing I wanna go after is any terminal diagnosis. And what, what I want you to do with me is because I'm going to be praying for Rachel's mom is if you have somebody in your life or if you're here tonight and you're believing to be radically healed, I want you to raise your hand and we're going to go after that tonight. Because we are a church that believes in the power of God. We're a church that believes that he answers prayer. So come on, it's not just me praying. Every person, if you see somebody next to you, I want you to stretch out your hand. God, we rebuke the enemy. God, and instead, we put you in place. God, we thank you that you are the supernatural healer. God, I thank you that before the year is over, we will see miraculous healings. God, we cancel terminal and we say this will not end in death. God, we speak to cancer, we speak to terminal, and we say greater is the name of Jesus. That is the name that we praise. That is the name that we trust. That is the name that we believe in. Right now, we say do what only you can do. Your Bible says that everywhere you went, you healed every and all disease, God. So we believe that tonight, that's what you're capable of, is every and all disease must bow in your son's mighty name. Amen. Amen. The second thing I wanted to go after is anything financial that's felt pent up. Anything that you've been believing for, you've been waiting for, you've been hoping for, and it felt like no matter what you did, there was a block. If that was you, I wanna pray with you. I want you to raise your hand and we're gonna, we're gonna pray again. Cause what I saw, what I saw in the spiritual as I was preparing was there's a dam breaking. Th things that felt withheld in 2023 are gonna be loosed in 2024. God, we prophesy over every contract, over every home transaction, over every bonus, over every raise, over every job um, opportunity that's felt withheld, God. And we say, as like the walls of Jericho, God, we shout at the walls and we say they are broken in Jesus' name, God. We say a release of finance, a release of provision, a release of your miraculous goodness. God, we will not lose hope, God, but like your word says, we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, and everybody shouted, amen. 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 We can start there. 
I don't know, we may just keep going in prayer. If you guys are good with that. Graham, it's good to see you back with which much, much less glitter on your face than you were previously. I don't know, are we carrying that in the 2024? No, okay, no glitter in 2024. You heard it here. Band, thank you guys. I'm probably gonna bring you up very quickly. You guys can be seated. How many of you here uh, last Christmas? Come on. You, if you were here, you probably heard of the disaster of the stocking situation that I had in my house. So I'm sure many of you are wondering what happened this year. Stocking 2023 was not done at 7-Eleven. Just so you know. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Men, don't wait till the day of Christmas to fill a stocking that your wife's been asking for all year. I don't know, how was your guys' Christmas? We, uh, my wife has been sick all Christmas, which is just like, she is the queen of Christmas and she's been in bed. I haven't even seen her for like the last two days. I've just been bringing her soup. Um, so I just know that she wanted me to go after the enemy that's trying to take her out. So we're just gonna go hard this morning. You know, I'm, Christmas decorations can stay up, but can we end Hallmark movies? Like anyone sick of Hallmark movies yet? Dear Lord. I watched one canceled. No. They're so bad now. There was one with a guy who time warped. Time warped out of a museum into a museum where the museum curator just happened to be in love with him and told him his whole story. I'm like, what are we doing? Who wants this to happen? No, it's bad, don't watch it. You wanna know how it ends? Like every Hallmark movie. They all end the same. The marketing executive from New York saves the podunk town, falls in love with her ex. Like what, I don't know, it's just, it's the same story with different terrible actors over and over and over again. I don't know where I'm going with that. That's not my message. I'm going to start with scripture. That's probably a good place to start. Anyone have their Bibles? Believe in real Bibles, not digital Bibles? They're good, but they are distracting. So I, we were talking about, someone should invent this, God mode for your cell phone. It's just like a do not disturb for everything, and you just swipe up and you just hit God, and nothing else can come through except for him. But until then, this works better than the cell phone. We're going to go to Mark 9. Mark 9. Many of you have sure have heard this story. It's about a father bringing his son to Jesus. And in this story, you're going to see some disappointment, some discouragement, some despair, and then you're going to see God move. I don't know about you, but that's where I'm at. He says, teacher, I brought you my son. I don't know if you've ever brought God something very valuable to you before, but he says, I brought him to heal him, but your disciples couldn't. That's a fun conversation. Have you ever been there before where you said, Jesus, I did what I was supposed to do. I came to church. I came to men's prayer. I came to women's prayer. I did the love offering. I did all the things. I brought it to you, and he wasn't healed. So Jesus says, well, how long has this been happening to him? What I love about Jesus is he, he's actually trying to make it personal. 
he's not just going to dismiss the circumstance. He's actually going to meet the father where he's at. He says, from childhood. He said, and often he throws him in the fire and the water to destroy him. But if you can, everybody say, but if you can. Do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus says, if I can, he says, no, no, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cries out with tears and says, Lord, I believe. Help me with my unbelief. The title of my message tonight is, I believe, but. I believe, but. And we're going to kind of go into this because what, what, what I've had to work out this year is that there are a lot of things that I want to believe, but I need God to help me with my unbelief. If, if I was being really transparent and not like putting on the Christianese mask, the front row performance thing, I, I really need God to help me with the unbelief. Like we, we're having all this stuff come up. We're going to have Vision Sunday we're going to have all these things we're going to be filling out. What am I believing for? And I started to do that, but I started to feel like an imposter. Because, like, as cool as 2024 sounds, 2020 more sounds, I can't even say it right. I'm clearly not there yet. <laughs> Lord, help me with my unbelief. I mean, I'm not going to sign up for 2020 less. Like, that's, that's not the word for my life that I'm going to agree with. But as I start to believe for more for my family, more for my marriage, more for my body, more for my work, more for our city, more for our church, I have to be honest, the things that then require me to put that on paper, I don't have all the belief for. There, there, there's a tension between declaring it and believing it. And just, just kind of vet out the difference between faith and belief, something I've had to learn. Faith is actually my trust in his character. Belief is actually wondering if there's certainty in something happening. And so what I've found is it's okay for me to have tension in both. To, to go, I don't know yet. God, like, I want to believe that you're, that you're capable of doing this. Or God, if you were good, how come you didn't show up? That what I love about what the Father does is he has a real conversation with Jesus. He's not pretending. He's not putting on a mask. He's saying, I want to believe for my son. I already did believe once. I brought him to you, and he didn't get healed. But can I come again? But then this time, at least be honest and say, as much as I want my son to be healed, I don't know if I have the faith for him to be healed. So, Lord, help me with my unbelief. Help me with my unbelief. So I'm, I'm digging through these questions this year. What, what am I going to believe for? If it's going to be the year of increase, what am I going to believe for? And what I want to do tonight is take down the obstacle of unbelief. Because I know people that have said, I'll come to church, but I'll, I'll burn up if I come into church. They, they, don't, they don't understand God's character. They, they don't understand what God wants to do in their life. But they'll feel like, well, once I have it figured out, then I can make it in the door. And that's not how God wants us at all. He said, I want you to bring me your unbelief. I want you to bring me the needs, the desperate things, the hurting things, the painful things. And, and for me, this, is, this has honestly been a lot less like taking down a giant than it has been like heart surgery. It, it's been like uprooting something that's literally entangled itself into every part of my life. I have to deal with unbelief constantly. Daily, I have to bring to him what I 
We, were, we wanted Karen, Rachel's mom, to be healed. Why is she back in the hospital? And, and I, can, I can shout till I'm blue in the face all my affirmations, but it's not getting her out of the hospital. So I have to go to God and say, I want to believe, but help me with my unbelief. Amen? <clears throat> so if we were going to do anything tonight, for me, honestly, the goal is to help unlock us to help us get unstuck, to help us have freedom to have a real conversation with God and not perform for God. I, I want to ask us a real question. I was dialoguing this with a good friend today. Why are we afraid to admit that we have doubts? Why, why is that a thing in the church world that we, you, don't, don't you even dare pray something and not have full faith? Where do we get that from? I, I, it's like I started to believe this lie that somehow I am, through my own faith, desperately holding everything together. And God's like, who told you that? Where did you get that from? What, what, what I've learned is that I actually need to come to a place where my faith is not in my ability to believe, but it's in his ability to deliver faithfully. I need to take my faith out of my own hands and say I'm actually not trusting in myself to perform a certain amount of religious activity to get you to perform. It's like somehow they told us that like if we would have fasted for 72 hours and not 48 hours, then God would have made a way. Like where did we get that from? He, he's not like that. He's not this, this, this God laying out traps and tricks for you to go, well, I mean, but I heard you at men's prayer, and that was not a faithful prayer, so I'm not going to give you that thing. He's not sitting here withholding, but he will take advantage of an opportunity to say, where did you put your faith? Where are you? You hear him say that to Adam in the garden. I feel like he's saying that to me. Where are you, Mike? Where did you go? Where are you hiding? What religious activity, what thing are you covering yourself with? instead of coming to me. The, the goal of faith is not to have faith figured out. The goal of faith is to put your faith in the one who had it figured out. So I'm gonna go over a couple points. <clears throat> the first on how I've managed to kind of battle insecurity, doubt, disappointment, discouragement is relationship over religion. Relationship over religion. We're going to go back to Mark. This is Mark 5. This is talking about the woman who has the issue of blood. It says, when she heard about Jesus, she came up from behind him and touched his cloak because she thought, if only, everybody say, if only. If only I touch his clothes. He had, she has sort of the same internal vocabulary as the father did, right? If only. If only. If only. She's struggling between severe disappointment Severe discouragement, severe doubt, and an instant change. She's saying, if only I could get close enough, I would be healed. It says she reaches out, immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt that her body was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? This is the same location he did with the father. He's making it personal. Like, he could have just kept going and been like, okay, someone got healed. Somebody got healed. Somebody got healed. But why did he stop? Why did he go back to the girl and make her own it in front of everybody? Because he wanted to bring closeness to her. 
What, what I've learned is that I can't sneak up and like steal a miracle from Jesus and then go back in the hiding. He cares more about me and you and your situation than to simply just have you healed but not restored to him. Because what, what he doesn't want her to do next time, what he doesn't want you to do next time, what he doesn't want me to do next time is go, how can I sneak near Jesus and then sneak away from Jesus? He stopped everybody and said, no, 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 somebody touched me. And I love how, how he names her. He says, he says, but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came, fell at her feet, fell at his feet, trembling with fear and told him the whole truth. He said, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. That's the type of dialogue he wants to have with you. He doesn't want you to, to wake up in the morning and slip in a quick prayer and then dip out. He, he doesn't want you to just, if for one second I could just touch him and then I could leave. He's like, no, I want you for the rest of your life to know that you can come straight to me as a son or a daughter and know that my will is that you suffer no more. Amen? The Bible, the Bible tells us this, says cast your cares. It's very clear. Cast your cares, not carry them. Cast your cares. In 1 Peter 5, he says, casting how many? All your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Can we put up the amplified version? I love the way this details it, because this is not what we're taught. Because sometimes we can start to believe this religious thing that if you would only just declare the positive affirmations over your life, then he would listen. And Jesus says, no, 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 cast all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares about you with the deepest affection and watches over you carefully. I believe, but help me in my unbelief, is both a statement of faith and admission that our faith is far from perfect. And that's what he wants from us. He's, what he's saying is don't let your circumstance dictate how often you come to me. Don't forget that I am almighty. I am the Savior. I am the name above every name. He's saying, come to me. Don't let circumstances discourage you. And, and it's a beautiful thing, even though it's a challenging thing for me to have that flushed out in my heart to go, actually, Jesus, I need you. <laughs> not, not Jesus, I figured you out. Jesus, I figured two plus two equals miracle. So if you could just stand in the back um, the way I did it last time is the way I'm going to do it this time, because I figured this whole faith thing out. If I do that and this, then you move. And he, like, like we said, he's not some kingdom genie in a bottle vending machine. He's not sitting here going like, just come to me whenever you feel like making a withdrawal. That's not his will for us. And so he takes these opportunities to say, where is your faith? What did you put your faith in? Is your faith in the circumstance? Was it in me. He wants us to focus on him. So point number two is desperation over doubt. Desperation over doubt. I'm going to take a sip. There's really no graceful way to do that. And I'm drinking tea, Alex. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Desperation over doubt. What, what you'll notice as you read the Bible, as you look at stories of miracles happening, that desperate people actually made a way to say, I'm just going to do something radical 
and find out a way to, to make this work. They didn't stick to religion routines. In fact, the woman with the issue of blood would not have been allowed to even be in a crowd. She, she was not supposed to touch anyone. She was unclean. But she said, you know what? I refuse to let doubt keep me there. I'm gonna take desperation and overcome doubt with desperation. And disappointment can actually discourage us from reaching out from Jesus, but what he wants to do is flesh that out in us. He wants us to see, if you think about Jairus, we're gonna, we're gonna go back to Mark. There's a lot of healing in Mark. If you're dealing with a lack of faith, just keep reading about him healing. And eventually you're gonna go, well, not one of these times did this end in not a healing. He says every and all, so I just choose to believe him. Every and all. I just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit around and wonder if he meant every and all. I'm just going to take him at his word. So it says one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. It's funny, all three people fell at his feet. All three people were in a place where they were so broken that they actually fell at his presence because they so needed him. But that's different than sometimes the position we think. We think being on your knees is weakness. We think coming forth is like, well, you know, that's only for like the first time people. Like how bad do we need Jesus? Can despite no one else coming down, can you say I'll come down on my knees because tonight, Jesus, above all things, I need you. I'm gonna actually bow to you, not to anything else. Nothing else will bring me to my knees but you. It says, he pleaded with him earnestly, he said, my little daughter is dying. Please come and place your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. I can only imagine the internal dialogue that he has. Again, here's, here's a dad doing everything he thinks he's supposed to. He actually goes to Jesus and says, Jesus, I need you to come with me. He made it there in time. But Jesus seemingly didn't make it to her in time. More disappointment, more discouragement, more opportunity for doubt. But what he got to see was he was part of the crowd where Jesus called out the woman. He got to see what real desperation looks like. And he could either choose to be discouraged or to say, you know what? If she'll do it, I'll do it. Jesus' response to her is so beautiful. He says, Jesus overheard them, who's reporting to Jairus. They said, don't bother him anymore. Don't bother him anymore. Just go, to, just go to doubt. Just give up. Just quit. She's dead is the report. Jesus overhears them and says, don't be afraid. Just have faith. I feel like that's a word for us to know that we can, we can settle into a place where discouragement will be so real that we can stop believing. And Jesus is saying, believe in me again. I know how it looks, but I have the final say. He says, this will not end in death. She's just sleeping. And, that, and they laugh at him. That's how much discouragement had taken over the family, that they laugh at the report of the only one that can change the report. Sometimes I'll do that. I'll be like, all right, that's not gonna happen, Jesus. And he's like, well, you prayed for it. Do you want it to happen? Just believe, just believe. The fact is, is that miracles actually require no momentum. Again, if, you, if we do more than just a, a skip over in the Bibles, you'll see that actually no miracle had momentum. They were actually all disappointments. 
They were all discouragements. The, the blind man, the lame man, the woman who was tormented, Lazarus. That, didn't, that wasn't momentum, he died. It's real disappointment. Like, Jairus' daughter is dead, and he's having to face a circumstance that is like, well, I thought I made it to you in time. I thought, I thought I showed up and did the thing I was supposed to do for this to not be the outcome. But he's saying, where is your faith? Is it in me? Again, it's, it's Lord, I want to believe, but help me with my unbelief. Will I choose to give up, to doubt? Where will I look? You'll find that every one of these miracles was at a crossroads of desperation and doubt, and that's where they met Jesus. Or said, better, that's where Jesus met them. And that's where he wants you to meet him, is in the middle of the disappointment, in the middle of the discouragement. And I would just ask us, how desperate are we? How desperate are we to hear from him and have him have the final say over our life? We can bring the band up. We're going to go into point number three, and then I'm just going to make time for us to pray. Point number three is faith over fear. Faith over fear. The Lord himself, this is in Deuteronomy 31.8. Deuteronomy 31.8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Jesus says the same thing to Jairus. If we go back to Mark 5, he said, when Jesus overheard them, he said, don't be afraid, just have faith. Just have faith. What we'll find, like the, like the devil did in the garden, is that he's going to tempt you to say, did God really say it? Because you got a word, that was the reason you stepped out. That was the reason you came to him. That was the reason you brought your daughter, you brought your son, you brought your job, you brought your marriage, you brought your negative report, is because you heard that Jesus heals. You got a word to come. But the enemy, through disappointment, through discouragement, is gonna say, but did he really say it? He's, he's accusing, he, it's an attack on God's character, and it's an attack on his word. But the Bible actually says that his word, every word spoken, would be answered. That his answer is yes and amen. Even if you look at the centurion's faith, another person who went to Jesus with an issue, and he actually does something radical, something desperate, something faithful. And he says, I don't even need you to come. I mean, that's crazy. I would want Jesus to come if I was being honest. But he said, I, I so understand the power of your word that all you have to do is say it and I'll believe that it happened. That, that's such a faithful decision. But also he has to realize, he actually has to own the fact that I'm, in bringing it to you, I'm owning that I can't do it in my own faith. But what I feel like the centurion had figured out is where he places his faith. He places his faith in the word. He said, Jesus, if you say it, not if I say it, not if I believe it, not if I shout it every morning as a daily affirmation and convince you, I just say, you say it and I'll believe it. I wonder how many of us in this season need a word from God like a real word from God, not, not something that you go back home and you say, which scripture aligns with increase? Yep, that's my word. What is the word that God is speaking to you about next year? 
And then you can just go, it's pretty easy after that. If you say it, I'll take it as done. If you say it, I'll receive it. Even in my unbelief, I wanna believe it and because you said it and because you're with me and because you're for me, I will choose faith over fear. I will choose desperation over doubt. I will choose you over the circumstance. I'm not gonna perform my way in the next year. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm tired of performing. I'm tired of trying to force things to happen. I need to rest. God says his burden is easy. So I, I want that for 2024. I don't wanna struggle and grind in the word that he didn't even give me and then me try to step out and go, well, if I just backfill that gap with a bunch of scriptures and affirmations, you'll show up. I can rest in a word from him. Probably the thing that gives me the ultimate hope, the thing that allows me to have hope in spite of every circumstance is an empty tomb. Temporary things become really small as soon as I put it in perspective of eternity. Eternal life, Pastor Matt said this the other Sunday, eternal life should bring us eternal hope. Because if that's figured out, everything else is small compared to that. But he also came here, Jesus came to earth, not just to, to bring us salvation, to bring us healing, but to show us that we can trust him with everything, with all of our discouragement, all of our disappointment. The Bible talks about this in hope. This is in Hebrews 6. It says, we have this hope, everybody say this hope, as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtains. Hebrews 10 says this, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. So that's what I've just chose to do every time I come to church is to hold fast to the name of Jesus. Hold fast to the one that is faithful. And then let go of this lie that I have to hold it together. That my faith somehow is keeping me afloat. Jesus is the one that is keeping me afloat. Jesus is the one who answers the prayers. Jesus is the one who, the Bible says, even when we are unfaithful, he is faithful. So I'm gonna make some space for us to close the service. I'm gonna ask us all to stand. What, I, what I've found in this process for me is that as I draw near to him, he draws out the things in me that are never meant to be there. So the band's gonna play a song and I'm gonna pray us out, but what I'd love is to have our ministry team up here. And I'd love you to get out of your seat and come down to the altar and draw near to him. And what you can bring him is everything. Cast every care at the feet of the cross. Every care. What, what I've learned is that every time I look at myself, I need to take 10 looks at Jesus. I, I need to start saying, you are greater. You are bigger. You are the way maker. You are the one that can do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask, think, or imagine. And the promise is everywhere you go, he is. Everywhere you go next year, you are never alone. 
but you can't hide from him. And the call today is, where are you? Where is your faith? What are you believing for? What do you want me to do for you? Come out of your seat, come forward and let me minister to you. Let me address the unbelief. Let me address the disappointment. Let me address the doubt, the discouragement, the sadness, the brokenness. The Bible says he heals the brokenhearted. That's what I feel like he wants to do tonight. So we're gonna pray and then we're gonna go back into a song. Just every head bowed. Jesus, we thank you. God, we make room for you today. We thank you that the Bible says you are near to the brokenhearted. And besides just being someone who cares only about transactions, you care about the state of our heart. God, we, we believe, but help us in our unbelief. God, as we make room for you that tonight, God, we, we ask that you would heal the things in our heart, that we would take misplaced faith and place it back at your feet. God, we, we break the power of, of despair, of desperation, of disappointment, of discouragement, of, of how many times we've already come down to the altar before God, but out of desperation for you, Lord, we come again and we say, we believe in you, we trust in you, we take you at your word. God, we will go again, we will not fear, we will live in faith. God, we will, we will speak things that aren't as if they are, God, and we will make room for you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.